Good morning and welcome to the Sacred Heart Hour here at AM820. We are just, uh, this is Emily Jaminette. I'll be joining you this hour along with Bill Messerly, the executive director, and Father Jonathan Wilson. This week, Father Stosh Daly is on a retreat, and Chuck and Joanne Wilson are taking a rightfully month off from um, the radio program. But like every other month, I'm excited to enter more deeply into the First Friday devotion, but we love to begin with prayer. So we'll begin with our daily offering prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world. I offer them for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart, the salvation of souls, reparation of sin, the reunion of all Christians. I offer them for the intention of our bishops and of the apostles of prayer and for the particular um and particular for the for the recommendation of the holy father this month amen in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit amen well bill how exciting it is on this snowy friday morning to be here at the radio station uh, Father Wilson is stuck in traffic. He gave me a call, and he said that uh, perhaps we can give a weather update uh, or a traffic update uh, in lieu of Father Adam. Uh, Father Wilson's on 315 going south, and it's stuck. So uh, if you're on 315, uh, say some prayers and uh, enter into the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And we'll be talking about the enthronement of the Sacred Heart of Jesus today with Father Wilson and Emily Jaminette. The Sacred Heart Enthronement is a a direct request from St. Margaret Mary Alico, I'm Jesus, to St. Margaret Mary Alico about 300 years ago, and he said that he would bless each home where his picture of the Sacred Heart is exposed and honored. This is um, truly a great privilege that we have as Catholics to be able to have these holy reminders that we can not only visualize inside our churches, but also bring them into our home. So what is exciting about this devotion, and um, Bill did such a wonderful job speaking about this at the Sacred Heart Congress, is that this is for ordinary people like us, huh, Bill? This is not only for, um, it's an invitation, that ongoing invitation to go deeper into the heart of Christ. So um, super exciting, and we are privileged that uh, Father Wilson made it. So so this is a gift to be able to have him here, my brother, and, um, you know, to go more deeper into this devotion. I'm glad I made it. <laughs> <laughs> what a great smile that you have this morning, even going through traffic. It was a great, you know, it's great to be here and uh, uh, didn't expect a 45-minute drive from St. Paul and Westerville, (laughs) but here we are, and I'm so happy that we made it. Well, we're focusing, as you know, uh, Father Jonathan, on uh, First Friday devotion, what a gift it is to have this day of renewal, this day that we get to be reminded about this beautiful devotion to the Sacred Heart. And um, it's just going to be a great hour that we are here, and we'll be really emphasizing the importance of not only the devotion, but uh, enthronement, welcoming Jesus into your heart and into your home. Mm-hmm. Love talking about the Sacred Heart. And on the way in, I uh, was talking to my dad, Chuck Wilson. He was giving me some advice. He said, talk into the microphone. Don't turn your head. So, Dad, if you're listening, I am focused. Uh, he attempted to 
to make 300 self-enthronement kits and threw out his back in the process. So he is on injured reserve right now. Uh, but we are proud of him, and uh, he is proud of us that the, that the battle continues. And we pray that he gets better soon. And he's making 300 packages for a very special event, and it's this week, right? We're one week away from the Women's Conference coming up uh, next Saturday. So go ahead and go into stgaperradio.com and uh, register today. Bring a friend along with you. But that's what he's doing, right? Is he preparing all those packages for the booth so that anybody that attends the conference can pick up those packages? Well, let's let's be honest. He was not actually assembling all the packets. He was managing. <laughs> he wasn't supposed to touch anything. So so sometimes we we uh, we break that rule of you're not supposed to touch anything, well, Dad. That was the expectation. Well, but. yeah, but he was he, he couldn't he he can't stand on the sidelines no. and. Uh, and yes, it's exciting how the Sacred Heart Ministry has developed and the opportunity now for a home enthronement, a self-enthronement in the home to just make this more accessible. So the kits are assembled and they are ready to go, and there'll be a great crew at both conferences, Catholic Women's and Men's Conferences, to to really make this home enthronement to the Sacred Heart more accessible to our families and to... Uh, to experience the the power of inviting Jesus to be the king of the home. Yeah, it's a privilege to be able to have two different ways in our diocese. You know, one with the Sacred Heart traditional model of being able to come in and spend two prayer times with the family and really um, walk that journey that way. But, uh, you know, the other is life is very busy. So a self-enthronement or home enthronement packet that is a three-day preparation, and um, of course, you can uh, adapt that to your family and, and to the needs, but the end mission is all the same. We want to welcome Jesus. So in this first segment, you know, um, Father Jonathan, maybe you could open it up with telling us, we we are going to really reflect on, oh, Jesus, meek of humble of heart, make my heart unto thine. So the that we were really discussing before the show, that simple prayer that... Um, that has made such a difference in the life of, you know, my life, and I know your life as a priest. Absolutely. So let's um, say the prayer now, right? So in the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. I I wanted to, I missed the opening prayer, so I want to go ahead and offer this one too. O most holy heart of Jesus, fountain of every blessing, I adore you, I love you, and with a lively sorrow for my sins, I offer you this poor heart of mine. Make me humble, patient, pure, and wholly obedient to your will. Grant, good Jesus, that I may live in you and for you. Protect me in the midst of danger. Comfort me in my afflictions. Give me health of body, assistance in my temporal needs, your blessings in all that I do, and the grace of a holy death. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And you mentioned... Uh, Emily, that simple prayer, right? Jesus, make and hum- meek and humble of heart, make my heart like unto thine, right? Um, and that simple, that I would say that's the essence of, for me, that's the essence of the Sacred Heart devotion, um, that it's really in our call to to be focused on the heart of Jesus, our call is to have hearts like his heart. Like that's the ultimate end game. That's the ultimate purpose. One of the scriptures that that has spoken to me deeply is, uh, I think it's Galatians 2.20. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. 
and following the writings of Blessed Columba Marmion, uh, which I, I recommend his, his spiritual writings. I think he's a spiritual giant that's still waiting to be discovered. His entire spiritual doctrine is essentially rooted on this basic point that the whole goal of the Christian life is transformation in Christ, to live the life of Christ. And so the whole goal of the Sacred Heart devotion ultimately is to have hearts like Jesus' heart. And that simple prayer, Jesus, meek and humble of heart, make my heart like unto thine. Make my heart like your heart. That's the goal. And when our hearts are like Jesus' heart, the world changes. You know, and I was, I've been thinking about the uh, promises to the Sacred Heart. And there's so many ways to approach the promises. And certainly, you, know, you and I growing up, Emily, we had uh, a Grandpa Clet, right? And he just had this absolute confidence in the promises of the Sacred Heart. Like, he would take those to the bank. I mean, it was—and it was, and we saw all the promises realized in his life. But I, the more I think about the promises, without saying there was anything wrong with that approach, I also believe the promises are the fruit of what happens— when our hearts become like Jesus's heart, that it's not like somehow I do this and I do this and then somehow this happens, but rather when my heart becomes more like Jesus's heart because I've been focused on his heart, because I'm allowing his heart to transform my heart, then I begin to experience peace in my home because that's what happens when we have the heart of Jesus. And so uh, that for those who, for whom maybe that Grandpa Klet's approach to the promises just doesn't resonate for whatever reason, or, or for somehow maybe do this, do this, do this, and then this will happen doesn't resonate. The idea that the, the devotion to the Sacred Heart is a devotion where our hearts are called to be transformed to be like Jesus's heart, that resonates, I think, certainly with me. And then if we think about our world today, what's lacking? It's the heart. You know, and so so how much more relevant this devotion is in a world that is becoming increasingly heartless, uh, we see the need for the heart. Wow, that's that is beautiful, isn't it, Bill, to think about that ability to approach the promises are two in two ways, and I think we all get to the end the end result, and that is transformation of our heart, like you said, with receiving Christ's love into our heart and you know, as we talk about our Grandpa Clet briefly, I mean, the guy was an amazing person. He did have that gospel joy. He did have, you know, that desire to create plaques in his basement and do that work. But um, I definitely agree with how you approached it. It's a it's a fruit of. And, and what is the uh, saint's name, the writer that uh, you th- uh, that you refer to? So Blessed Columba Marmion, and he is uh, not well known. It's said that one of his books, I think it's Union with God, a collection of his spiritual writings, was a constant companion of Mother Teresa, that she carried his book everywhere. As you read his writings, particularly that book, you can see the amazing influence he had on her life and through her on the world. Uh, Pope St. John Paul II was also a great fan of his. And ultimately, uh, it all boils down to I think this key insight that he had, um, that the call of the Christian life to be a Catholic Christian is ultimately to live the life of Christ, transformation in Christ, that that's the work and the mission of the Holy Spirit, so that more and more when the Father sees us, he sees an image of his own divine Son, and that we continue to live the life of Christ in the world today. 
that transformation. And again, the focus on the heart of Jesus is included, the devotion to the heart of Jesus included, is the call to live the life of Christ, to have hearts that are like his, which of course we can't have hearts like his apart from the transforming power of the Holy Spirit, that this is God's work in us that we have to be open to and cooperate with um, and allow. But maybe it's it's helpful to know what God's goal is. You know, when we were um, renewing, renovating Blessed Sacrament Church in Newark, we had we hired an architect. The architect had plans. Before there was a renovated church, there was, it was all on paper. So what is God's architectural plan for our holiness? It's the heart of Jesus. If we want to know what he is building towards through the power of the Holy Spirit, what the Father anticipates through the work of the Holy Spirit, who has been called the architect of our sanctity, it is to form the heart of Jesus in each and every one of us, uh, so that we can continue his life on earth, we can live his life, so that he can love through us. And that's why I think this this devotion is so powerful, because it gets to the essence of the purpose, if you will, the final goal of the Christian life. Uh, Father Wilson, uh, some of our listeners may not be familiar with the image or the icon of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Could you briefly describe what that image looks like and uh, the importance of icons in the home? Absolutely. So I'm looking at the image now. This is the image that was uh, uh, the favorite uh, of Emily and I's grandfather, and um, it's it's a it's an image of our Lord. And the Sacred Heart image, there are different images out there, but what's constant about them is the fact that you can actually see His heart. Um, that it's a it's a portrait of our Lord Jesus pointing to His heart, revealing His heart. You see the human heart. You see the crown of thorns around the heart. You see the fire. On the top of the heart, you see the cross, the fire representing uh, the fire of the Holy Spirit, the the perfection of his love, both human and divine, Um, the the crown of thorns representing uh, the suffering that he experienced, not only physically, but also at the depth of his his person, Um, the so that's that's it, the wounds on his hands representing the the price he paid, so it's the risen Lord after after the crucifixion, after, of course, the resurrection. Uh, and so that's it. And the scripture, another scripture that's associated with this passage or with this devotion is, come to me, all you who are weary and find life burdensome. And so it's this invitation by Jesus to come to him. Uh, and he's made himself so vulnerable, which uh, which that's part of the how we can come to him. You know, he's if we think that we have to be perfect to approach Jesus or we have to have a perfect life to approach Jesus, you know, he, he's, re, he's exposing his heart to us, and he's saying, I've got a wounded heart. So if you have a wounded heart, you can approach me because I know what it is to have a wounded heart. And so there's a certain vulnerability. Vulnerability literally means to, able to be wounded. So there's a certain vulnerability that our Lord has in this image that makes him so accessible to us who are wounded in so many different ways to approach him. Um, And, you know, if you've had, I'm sure we've all had this experience, you have a friend who makes a big impact on your life simply by spending time with that friend. So 
by spending time with our Lord, by allowing him to become our best possible friend, by by being open to his heart, that's part of how our hearts are changed to become like his through that through that divine friendship. So so that's the image of the heart and for those who are listening and and really at the end of the day this is how we express uh, our call to divine friendship with the person of Jesus Christ and a central to be centered on the person of Christ. Uh sometimes an evangelical Christian might put come up to a Catholic and say are you you know do you have a personal relationship with Jesus? Um and then a Catholic can be kind of put off by that because we don't know how to communicate sometimes our faith in the best possible way. I like to say, I'm waiting for someone to ask me that question. They haven't yet, uh, maybe because of my collar. That, you know, Let it roll. So, But I like to say, <laughs> uh, I can't. if someone ever does ask me that question, I will say, yes, I have a devotion to the sacred heart of Jesus. That is how we express what it means to have a personal relationship with Christ. Yes, I receive our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in the Blessed Sacrament. Yes, I visit him in the tabernacle. And so so if we, the more we understand that a relationship with Christ is at the center of what it means to be Catholic, and it always has been, the more confident we will be when someone approaches us and sows those seeds of doubt that somehow in the Catholic faith we don't have a relationship with Christ. I have to say I'm being a little jealous uh, or uh, trying to tap a beautiful heart that I'm speaking to in Father Jonathan Wilson, pastor of St. Paul Church in Westerville. So I, I have a, a quick follow-up question. You know, when you talk about the Sacred Heart and having that personal relationship you know, with Christ through the, the representation of that icon— how does that begin for you? Um, I listened to Glory Anson, who was one of the early uh, proponents and promoters of the Sacred Heart, and she spoke to children, and the way she started it was that she would ask the children to look at the image and then to close their eyes and then to say, Come, Holy Spirit, come, Holy Spirit, and then to listen to what Jesus had to say to them. And then she would say, And now... I want you to look into your heart, and I want you to look into all the pains that you have in your heart, and I want you to tell Jesus what's on your heart. And to me, that has been a great description of the beginning of that conversation. I don't know if you have any insight into helping our listeners, myself, better communicate with Jesus. Of course, we don't communicate to an icon, but it's a representation that allows us to enter into that deep conversation. Well, first of all, I love what you just shared, and I hadn't heard that before, and that's beautiful. And at some point, I want to get that like a description of that, because that's a beautiful way to introduce children, right? To I don't know if, if there's any one method, if you will, that I have. Uh, for me, uh, if I go back to my history, again— maybe because I'm here with my wonderful sister and I'm thinking about our grandfather. We didn't grow up in a home in my early childhood where there were a lot of sacred images. Um, now <laughs> my parents have caught up <laughs> and uh, made up. And so now it's a, kind of a mini Catholic museum, I think, in their house. But, but growing up, there wasn't that. And what was different about going to grandma and grandpa's was the sacred images, 
was the prominent image of the Sacred Heart. I think that's the first time I ever saw the image of the Sacred Heart. And I think that in itself is powerful. Simply, he's a person. There's a mystery. What is this all about? What is this heart? For me, um, when I was at uh, Blessed Sacrament in Newark, I enthroned my rectory. It was just me, uh, to the Sacred Heart. The missionaries came. I signed my home enthronement. <laughs> I, I you know, had my frame up there. You know, I wanted my rectory enthroned to the Sacred Heart. And so now I have in my, in my residence, I have the framed image of the Sacred Heart, framed image of the Immaculate Heart. And for me, it's part of my morning prayer to just spend some time sort of praying before that image and offering up my day preparing to, you know, celebrate Mass and do what I do every day. So it's, it's, a, it's like any image, it connects me with the Lord. And for that, that's helpful, because again, Jesus is a person, a divine person, who is fully God and fully human. His glorified body is in heaven right now. He has not shed his humanity. He will have a complete human nature for all eternity, and he desires to have a real relationship with us. And the more that we can know that, the more that that doorway is open for us to connect to him. Well, this is just such a beautiful conversation we're having here, and, it, and it's it's at the heart of where we are in the culture, right? This is the pivotal point. How do you start your day? How do you approach, you know, what is your mindset? Is it on the woes of the world or the hope of Christ. And what I'm really hearing is that, you know, this devotion for me as a mom with seven children and everything I have going on, I approach my day the same way hearing, you know, uh, my brother, Father Wilson and Bill beginning in prayer before the sacred heart of image. And, and that's long before anything else that takes place, even before my children or my husband rise. This is, this is where I go. And enthronement is an invitation to place him on a throne in your own home, to give him a place of honor. And one of the most touching aspects of enthronement that really impacted me was as so many people dethrone our Lord, not only in society, but in homes. And we see that. We see that in um, in how we even tell young people to set up their home or when you renovate a home, you know, there, there's not that, where is your, where's going to be your home, you know, a uh, holy corner. But I think we can pause and say, especially approaching Lent, where do I pray? Where, where do I go in the morning? Where do I light that candle and really go deeper and receive, you know, I, my prayer is Jesus, give me a little tiny piece of your heart that we know that, um, Jesus gave a little tiny piece, St. Margaret Mary said, and also Padre Pio both have shared that insight. That's a beautiful prayer as as we open the session saying, make my heart like unto thine. You know, let's really make that prayer come alive. So um, this is a, a devotion of hope. This is a devotion that in the culture and where we are at, you know, not only politically, but the entertainment world, everything, this is where we go is to the heart of Christ. So um, one of the things uh, we were talking before the hour was the importance of schools, businesses, you know, even organizations as, as taking on this idea of welcoming Jesus in. And we've seen tremendous um, blessings even in this last month. Um, recently, we 
witness, I humbly um, was able to witness the enthronement of our head of Catholic schools. And that was an amazing experience to see the people that are leading the charge and forming our children, you know, also doing exactly what we have done in our home and Bill's done and uh, Father Wilson's done in the rectory and in the parish. So these are tiny little opportunities, tiny little steps, but we have no idea on the other side, the graces that can come when we we take that tiny step, which we don't take the step, Jesus is always calling us, calling us, calling us. We're just responding to that amazing invitation. And and so when you enthrone a home or a business, what is that process like? Well, enthronement typically has three phases. The first, just that willingness to let Jesus in, and that would be the preparation. Okay, Lord, I am not in control here. I want you to come. So we like to say that's the beginning of that opening of the door, that prayerful moment. Um, Preparation is an opportunity to see that the Lord has so much more in store for you. And that's really, really a, a beautiful aspect to enthronement. But it's not where we, we stop in that. You know, we, we really want enthronement, the, the act of putting Jesus on his throne in our home, our school, our business. That's really the launch pad to this devotion. That's really where you go deeper. And um, one of the things I've spent the last two years reflecting on is seeing how this devotion is a devotion of stability, looking at history, looking at the trials and tribulations that have impacted societies since 1673. This is where people have gone for their strength. And I think we need that reminder because we're in an, an age of instant, you know, instant messages are coming through our phone. But when we, we look over our shoulder and we look back, we can see the stability of this devotion and the depth as we, we touched on earlier. We can't ever tap, you know, and if you want um, amazing inspiration, just read St. Margaret Mary's diaries and quotes and inspirations in the fact that this humble cloistered nun with a very small education, the insights she received through prayer um, are just uh, so encouraging. So the next is enthronement. Jesus, come in. I give you my my heart, my mind, my soul. I I stand here on behalf of my family. I give them. Yeah, I give you everything. And then the next phase is really honoring, because like I said, it's not the ending; it's the new beginning. So that honoring stage is w- what brings us here on the first Friday. You know, the Jesus is offering the invitation to go to mass. He's offering us the invitation to really enter more deeply into this love relationship. And, uh, you know, as, you, as you're talking, I'm a real practical person, so I'll be the Chuck Wilson since he's not here this morning. So the the part that happens after three days of prayer preparation with your family or with your workforce uh, is to process, sometimes only just a few feet, maybe from a table, a side table, to an area that is set apart to place this sacred image of the Sacred Heart, and then to pray together the Sacred Heart Enthronement prayers. So we celebrate, and we kind of make up for what we've lacked in our own hearts before the enthronement to the Sacred Heart. We make reparation, or we repair what has been missing as we enthrone that image. And it only takes a few minutes, but it's one of those Three, a few minutes that takes a world of, of courage and strength, I think, to do. I'm not sure how to describe it, but it's a spiritual battle, perhaps, huh? to prepare for this. That's a great description, a battle, and I think it's sort of a defining moment. 
It's a defining moment. And maybe that's why there's the struggle uh, associated with the uh, with the devotion is I'm going to have to change. Uh, yes, we, we are all going to have to change. But on that, we are going to go ahead and lead into our break. And after our break, we're going to um, go ahead and close in prayer. And then after our break, we will be back. So do not go anywhere. Um, and stay tight to your seat. So let us uh, close in prayer for this segment. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Lord, thank you so much for bringing us here. And we just seek the intercession of the Blessed Mother who leads us to Jesus. Thank you for this opportunity. And we look forward to the dialogue, conversation, and prayer that will take place in the next segment. O meek and humble of heart, make my heart like unto thine. Amen. God sometimes renamed people in Scripture when he did something radical in their lives. Simon was one of them. Jesus took him on a long journey from Galilee to Caesarea Philippi, where there's a massive stone cliff. He didn't want Peter to forget that image as long as he lived. And there, before the rock overshadowing the town, Jesus renamed Simon Peter, which means rock. He wanted that image seared into his mind, the image of stability itself. He wanted Peter to think of that every time somebody said his name. Good morning, rock. Rock, would you please pass the fish? Jesus knew that self-perception determines action, and he needed Peter to act as a rock-solid leader for his church. You may have all sorts of names for yourself. Jesus is speaking a new name over your life. Feel worthless? Your new name is worthy. Feel dirty? He calls you pure. Powerless? He calls you mighty. Poor? Rich in Him. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com. There was no single event. It was more gradual. My husband was not Catholic, and at the time, I didn't really think that it really mattered which church we went to because we all loved God and we all loved Jesus. And that was the start of my journey out of the Catholic Church, where I remained out of the Catholic Church for over 30 years. When I was outside of the church, there was always an unsettled feeling. There was always a feeling of something missing and something not complete. When I um, started to read the Bible, I could see that our Catholic faith is steeped in Scripture. I could see some of the sacraments in Scripture. I could see some of the liturgy in Scripture. I wouldn't be the spouse. I wouldn't be the father. wouldn't be the person that I am without the church and without the sacraments, particularly the Eucharist. I can't live without it. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit CatholicsComeHome.org today. Welcome back to the Sacred Heart Hour. Here we are at St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. It's such a privilege to be in the studio this morning. I'm Emily Jaminette. I am here with Father Jonathan Wilson of of St. Paul's in Westerville, uh, my brother by, by blood descendant, and Bill Masterly, the executive director of AM820 St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. So if you... Uh, we, we're just privileged that you're here on this snowy Friday morning. This is the first Friday of the month. This is an opportunity to come to know Jesus through the most sacred heart and really go deeper into this powerful devotion, uh, focusing on his heart. And today we're discussing this essential, beautiful aspect of the devotion, which is enthronement to the sacred heart. So um, we will begin this section with a prayer. And um, last last hour, we said the, a beautiful prayer that meant so much to us, the O Holy Heart of Jesus prayer. 
and um, the daily offering. But now we will say the Sacred Heart of Jesus Renewal Prayer. And um, that can be found uh, right on our website, or you can find them in your manuals or reach out to us if you uh, would like a copy. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Most kind Jesus, I humbly kneel at thy feet. We renew the consecration of our family and myself to thy divine heart. Be thou, O King, forever in thee that we have full and entire confidence. May the Spirit penetrate our thoughts, our deeds, our words, and our actions. Bless our undertaking, share in our joys and in our trials and in our labors. Grant us to know thee better, to love thee more, and to serve thee without faltering. So, amen. 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 All right. We were discussing enthronement right before the break of the top of the hour. And we were, you know, I really wanted um, Father Wilson to share about what it was like as a pastor to enthrone a school. As I, um, the, we're starting in a really important initiative here in our diocese of continuing that idea of enthronement in schools. We've received a number of requests, and this is something that is so important to the ministry, the apostolates um, on the ground, Sacred Heart Columbus, Sacred Heart Enthronement Network, um, the importance of welcoming Christ into a school. So I'd love your insights of what that looks like as a pastor and, you know, some of the um, the graces and benefits. Yes. And I, maybe I'll even step back a little bit just and talk about my experience at Blessed Sacrament in Newark. And, and for the people at St. Paul, this will what do they say? Past is prologue. So the, <laughs> what happened there is is coming, <laughs> coming to Westerville, but it'll be a process. So, so going back to uh, to our experience, we we had we have a great school. We had a great school. It is a great school in Newark. It's no longer my school. Now I have a great school at St. Paul in Westerville, and I'm grateful for all of our Catholic schools for so many reasons. But we had typical you know stuff going on um, exclusion. Right, parents saying my child's feeling bullied, whatever things you don't want to ex- hear about in a Catholic school, right? And so as we thought, this was I don't know. Now we're talking eight years ago, ten years ago. We were thinking, what do we what do we do to respond? And the world says, basically, it's a message of no, right? Don't bully, right? So it's a, it's like a no. And as I thought about it, our children, that message doesn't resonate. Don't do this. Don't do this. What resonates is a yes. Because our hearts are created for a yes. And so instead of telling children, don't do this, you know, it's an invitation to that yes to Christ, the yes to his virtues, the yes to living his, the life of his heart. And if we make that yes, then all those behaviors that we don't like and that the children don't like will diminish because a yes to Christ and bullying are incompatible. Right, if we understand what that means, uh, so we began a virtue of the month program, which was basically there's nine months in the school year. Every month, we started to implement a virtue of the month, and then we borrowed from the Dominican sisters of uh, Mary, Mother of the Eucharist from Ann Arbor, uh, their virtue education program, uh, the uh, Disciple of Christ Education and Virtue. But we rooted all of that in the heart of Jesus. We have our first Friday Mass, which was devoted to the heart of Jesus. We had our monthly virtue of the month. And ultimately, every month it was, how can I live one of the virtues that are found in the heart of Jesus? Because all the virtues are found in his heart. 
And it took time. It was not a overnight process. We had to learn vocabulary. We had to, some months, the virtue of the month, I thought, oh, we didn't get it that month. Because we would have a skit and the kids would portray the skit. And it's like, ah, hmm, still got to work on that. But the thing is, is so I, for anyone listening, it was not an overnight process. It wasn't always a clean process, but it was a gradual and real process. That, that started changing the school. I started getting less frantic calls from moms about this or that going on that was bothering them, that was so painful for them. And, and I, I feel like over time that was really building a culture of virtue which was rooted in imitating the heart of Jesus. And so then then go back to, you know, the, the horrible year um, that we had in the Catholic Church, you know, sort of, unfortunately, it was, it was uh, 2003, as we say, 2.0, whatever that was, the summer of 2018, uh, where all that was breaking with Pennsylvania, and then all the terrible reports about Cardinal McCarrick, and we were all just like, in shock. What do we do? And so as a parish, I prayed about it, and I thought, again, what is the solution? The solution is Jesus. The solution is the Sacred Heart. That as we look at the problems in the Church, in one sense, we're powerless, and the only one who can change it is Jesus and his heart. And so we began a nine-month novena um, to the Sacred Heart, which culminated in enthroning the parish to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And it also was something that culminated in enthroning the school to the Sacred Heart. And in that sense, it was a positive response to a very dark hour in the life of the Church. And 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 I think, too, for the people, it was something that it gave us hope, because in a moment where everything felt hopeless, where it felt like the sky was falling, you know, uh, where our our trust in our shepherds was deeply shaken, the answer is turn to Jesus, turn to the Sacred Heart. And so we had uh, we started a prayer to the Sacred Heart for nine months after every Mass. Uh, we intensified our monthly First Friday uh, school Mass and in the, in the intentionality behind that. We we focused that year on virtues that are maybe most associated with the heart of Jesus. Of course, all of them are in the heart of Jesus. And we formally enthroned the school. The beautiful beautiful thing was we had a, a statue of the Sacred Heart that was a bit off to the side, you know, in the corner of the library, and uh, originally had been in our church, um, and we were able to give that a place of prominence now in our school cafeteria there. And so it was it was a proclamation kind of similar to the to the home enthronement that the school is enthroned to the sacred heart of Jesus and then similarly with the parish when we renovated the church we originally had a side altar in honor of the sacred heart and so part of our renovation was to create a shrine to the sacred heart so we already had the image prominently in the church and so it was very natural to uh, to enthrone the parish we already had the image and to uh, to to have that that definitive uh, focus, and I would say that that was a tremendous blessing. And the for for any Catholics who are listening and who are troubled by the headlines and by the um, 
the scandals, and faith is maybe shaken. I would I would say that once again, um, the letter to the Hebrews comes to mind. Keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, who inspires and perfects your faith. That Jesus is the divine solution to our problems. And if we have lost sight of that, then perhaps one of the fruits, good fruits, of this painful moment in church history will be a renewed focus on the person of Jesus Christ. And at the heart of the Sacred Heart devotion is that renewal, that focus. Wow, that's that's just such a beautiful and touching story. Considering that you know, being a mom with seven kids in Catholic schools, that that that's meant a lot. That's all you can say is inspiring. That's wow. I know. That's that is awesome. I, I was taking notes um, as as he was speaking because boy, it's so applicable to everything yeah. in all aspects of of our life. And again, it goes back to this is a devotion of stability. It's a devotion of friendship and this idea of reparation. I think that he said all of that um, definitely combined in and what a, what a great opportunity with also the men's and women's conference around the corner. I mean, we're right here that everything can be restored, you know, beginning with your own, your own heart and that the Lord wants to break into that, you know, into our moments, into our, you know, I think about, as you mentioned, the aspects that if that need reform or restoration, you know, we don't have to throw it all out. We just have to bring it back to Christ. And um, that's that really, really means a lot because it's a, it's such an attitude of hope. And the women's conference, the registration is open. You go to com and register today. We're just a week away. Great prices. The prices for the women's conference in Columbus are lower than any other conference that I'm aware of nationally, and we have wonderful speakers. How, how are some of the speakers? You want to go sure. through some of those? Um, I'd love to share about the Women's Conference. I because, heard one is particularly good. Um, <laughs> we, they're all really um, outstanding. This year, um, I will be sharing the stage with Michelle Fanley, another wonderful personality here, local evangelist, and we'll be talking about the importance of prayer. And I think that um, this this conversation is is such a reminder of that going into welcoming Christ and really seeking holiness. So this whole day is is focused on holiness. Our theme is amazing grace, and that's what Michelle and I will be talking about. I will be talking about the importance of devotions, specifically the Sacred Heart devotion. Uh, we have Sister Miriam James and just a beautiful religious who's spoken in the past, but boy, she really does penetrate your heart and remind you of the importance of conversion, that conversion process and the joy of the gospel. Um, Father Donald Calloway will be present, um, a Marian father, and just a gift to have him. He's definitely, um, you know, hard to to get to Columbus, Ohio, we can put it that way, but it's it's a gift. And um, Father Ubal will be leading our holy hour. Uh, he is a, a special priest from Rwanda, and so he'll be in the United States talking about his his book and his emphasis is you know the after how to forgive and the graces that come the healing that comes from forgiveness so um we're definitely very blessed and uh that date again is february 15th this is a mass organization of evangelization um our numbers are record high but we believe that um there's always room for you to be present so call us 
email us as father, as Bill said, you know, you can register for the women's conference or the men's conference with those links right on St. Gabriel's main page. And, you know, some of the new news uh, I heard yesterday is that Luke Fickle, uh, the coach of the Cincinnati Bearcats, uh, his name has been mentioned as a possible replacement at Michigan State University. So he's not only in the public news, he's going to be in the Columbus news in a huge way. He's going to be speaking about faith at the men's conference on February 22nd. He might be a new coach, or he might be a a re-entrenched coach at uh, the Cincinnati Bearcats. And I hope he stays at Cincinnati. He's done such a wonderful job for uh, the university and all the fans. Uh, Three of my brothers went to Cincinnati. So I'm pulling for you, Luke, to stay where you're at, if that's uh, God's will. If not, uh, you'll be speaking to our group with a a new title. But the men's conference is on February 22nd. You don't want to miss it. Bishop Brennan will be there. Uh, Jason Everett, Luke Fickle. And you can go to stgabrielradio.com and register. And I know, Father, you have put a challenge out to the men of St. Paul to kind of get off the fence and uh, join a large group of men for the men's conference. We're definitely making a push at St. Paul. Uh, and we had a great men's meeting where we were inspired by the letter of Bishop Olmstead into the breach and that call for men to respond and uh, that's that calls out there. We have a great team, and they're passing out cards. They're inviting men, and it's it's building. So the goal is is three hundred men from the parish. And if we don't hit it this year, then we will uh, next year for sure. Uh, and the women as well. We have a great great team of women in the parish who are promoting the women's conference. And wisely, the women's conference is first. So the women go, and then they recruit their husbands. Uh, and so there's a real logic uh, to this and brilliance to these two conferences, which are a tremendous blessing for uh, you know for our diocese. Well, and really for the United States to see that we have a plan of mass evangelization. You know, this is an opportunity to invite someone who hasn't been to mass or who might you know be willing and open to come back to the faith um this is this is the place i recommend them to come it's an opportunity to receive the sacrament of reconciliation it's an opportunity to be evangelized and really to be loved because you know christ is love and that's really our goal all throughout the day is is to pass on authentic christian love and um just a, a wonderful wonderful opportunity of evangelization and know that all are welcome. Sometimes people say, well, I don't know who I'd go with. Just say that, you know, this is your invitation right now. This is your opportunity. And um, as I talk to people calling in and asking questions, you know, this, this is a big step for you. And I, I recognize that. And we as planning and committee members, we want you to come. So this is your invitation. And let me say real quick, we use that word evangelization and it's so intimidating yeah, it is. It's a big word. To evangelize. it's In this case, it's so simple. Sign up for the men's or women's conference and call a non-practicing Catholic friend, a lukewarm Catholic friend, a non-churched Catholic friend, and simply invite them. Will you spend one day with me at the conference? Will you come with me? I want to invite you. Pay for their ticket. That's evangelization. That's not difficult. And so if you're listening right now to AM820 Catholic Radio and not one of my good college buddies that are tuning in all over the country right now on com, and you are local, 
then you're the one that's supposed to sign up. And if you say, I don't need the men's conference, I don't need the women's conference, well, I would say you do, but the truth is there's someone in your life who does. And so your mission is to take them, just like remember the story in the Gospels, the four friends who bring the disabled person to Jesus. Spiritually disabled people need friends to bring them to Jesus. And if you have the capacity, if you're connected, then I'm asking you to evangelize by simply inviting someone that you think would benefit from one day. Amen. Powerful. Powerful. That's good. And you can get something brand new at the the Men's and Women's Conference. Brand new. Everybody likes something new, something easy, right? This is kind of the equivalent of QVC here uh, in this this segment. But there is something new that you can pick up, and really it makes things very easy to have that start of the enthronement in your own home. Well, what we are doing is we are having an enthronement packet available at the men's and women's conference, which we started the segment talking about these beautiful images that will be framed available for you to take home. And what we've done is we've teamed up again with the local missionary Sacred Heart Columbus, and they will be praying for you. There is a prayer support team. There is an opportunity for you to take that first step in welcoming Jesus into your home. So if you are in a situation like we talked about earlier, you're on the fence with enthronement, you don't really know if if there's some blocks there, this is your opportunity to take that step forward. And we want to walk that journey with you, but in a way in which you have you leave the conference with the materials in your hand. And so we really hope that you come to the booth, you come and see us. We'll be located right near St. Gabriel. And um, we wouldn't, we want to hear your stories, and we'd love to be able to share with you the importance of this devotion. And they're assigned a prayer companion. That prayer companion will be praying for them and their family uh, with or without the next step, which would be to enthrone your home to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. But uh, you'll have that prayer support, and it'll be the boost I think you'll need to— uh, to, to do that bold thing, uh, enthrone your home to the Sacred Heart. Or you can call St. Gabriel Radio right now, 614-459-4820. We have a volunteer who will take your name and we'll get you a package directly. Yep. So, and remember that the, um, the, the conferences will be live on St. Gabriel Radio. So for a lot of people that maybe don't think that they could physically make it there at that time, but really allow yourself the opportunity to go to go deeper. And as we look at the rest of the month, you know, we look at let, those... Let me go back to your comment about live. That's another way to evangelize. Mm. So you have a friend in California. Send them a link to stgabrielcatholicradio.com. Is that the... stgabrielradio.com. Tell them, tune in, and just make it a day retreat, mm-hmm. listening to the conference. Lives could be changed all over this world through this radio station that is broadcasting not simply on AM820, but on the World Wide Web. That's awesome. It is awesome. That is awesome. That is awesome. It's all about an invitation, isn't it? It is. And it's not about 20 invitations. It's about one invitation. We always, uh, I think, want to uh, do the exceptional. So we're thinking, well, I should ask Frank, and I should ask Joel, and I should ask uh, Tom. Just ask one. Just ask one. Uh, don't, Don't try to pressure yourself into being the Savior of the world. Jesus will take care of that. 
And one, I agree, because also one is, that's friendship. That's I really care about you. And that's investing in somebody else. If every single person at the conference invited one person every year, we'd go from 3,000 to 6,000 to 12,000 to 24,000. It'd be, that's what it looks like. One. And you had mentioned for the Women's Conference that uh, Sister Miriam James will be one of the speakers. She was a speaker in 2014, touched many, many hearts and minds during a registration drive a couple of weeks ago. Several of our uh, guests had talked about how she had impacted their lives. Some exciting news that no one has heard besides a handful of people here at St. Gabriel Radio. We are going to have a brand new morning lineup starting on Monday. And as part of that morning lineup, Sister Miriam James will be on every weekday right before 9 o'clock. So we have a great lineup. It starts with Father John Ricardo, who will be moved to the 7 o'clock hour so that for the first time, our listeners at 7 o'clock can hear one of the best pastoral catechists that we've had on our radio station. And then followed by Father John Ricardo, right before the top of the hour, 8 o'clock, will be a, a short reflection of from Matthew Kelly, who's brand new to our radio station. And then we'll roll into the 8 o'clock hour. We'll have two local programs that uh, will will be kind of upbeat, short, but fun. Uh, one is with Father Adam Streitenberger. He'll be speaking with our priests, like Father Jonathan Wilson is going to be one of those priests. Uh, we have uh, Father David Sizemore. Father Dury will be next week. So we have some great priests that will be talking about, and they'll be talking about kind of the simple message of how do we live the Catholic faith. And then we'll go to some Damascus on-fire missionaries from the Damascus Retreat Center, and they'll just give a short a summary of the daily reading and a, a brief reflection. Again, just a few minutes. It's a fast-paced hour. Then we'll go to Father Nathan Cromley, who's not new to our radio station. He's been on on Sunday afternoon, but he'll be talking about how to be a disciple in the workplace and how to bring Christ into your home. And then lastly, that hour, we'll have Sister Miriam James. So be sure to listen to our new morning lineup. That'll be starting next Monday. And we're really proud to to have all the work that's gone in from Dave Orsborn, the team. We've uh, had outside editors that are scurrying around. We have to shrink down these podcasts into a format that fit broadcast worlds. So there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes. Please pray for our team, uh, pray for protection of our equipment so that we can bring this brand new content to you and kind of freshen up our approach to, um, uh, to the water that we need in the morning. Praise God. That is so exciting. I love everything you just said in the format. And again, that even positions AM820 to be an even greater instrument of evangelization. Mm -hmm. So uh, last night we had a great uh, young professionals gathering in Westerville um, at the old bag of nails uh, in the second, third floor, I guess. And Father P.J. Brandy Marty, the parochial vicar newly ordained, shared his testimony. And the story began with him listening to AM820 and hearing a talk by Father John Ricardo on truth. And so you think about the impact that this, that it had in his life, and then he shared a very similar, in a way, his own version. But there may be a future father, Brandon Marty, so to speak, listening right now, perhaps not even getting to Mass every Sunday, kind of wondering what life's all about. 
this radio station has the impact of changing lives. Uh, and I'm so excited to hear hear what you're doing here, Bill. Great job. Yeah, no, it's really, Dave, really, really guys. exciting. And going back to uh, that word evangelization, let's not use that big word. Let's just invite a friend. Invite a friend. To listen to St. Gabriel Radio. Invite a friend. Invite to go a to friend. the women's conference, to yep. the men's conference. Invite a friend to welcome the heart of Jesus so that you can start to have that heart-to-heart conversation with Jesus on a day-to-day basis by enthroning the icon, the image of the sacred heart of Jesus in your home and making your home a new Bethany. Well, and as we are going to be wrapping up shortly, I think that it's important to keep our eyes knowing that Ash Wednesday is around the corner. You know, next time we meet will be in March. (laughs) So this is the pre of the pre-Lent time. So this is a great opportunity Mm. to plan your Lent, to pray about your Lent, Mm. to really prepare for, for a beautiful Lenten season. And I think we know it's an opportunity, just as we've spoken about the opportunity for enthronement, the opportunity for the conferences and opportunity. Lent is the church giving all of us an opportunity to grow in holiness. So I'm really excited. We've been discussing it in our home and we look forward to the season. February 26th. Yep. February 26th. Ash Wednesday. And and that's on a Wednesday. (laughs) This year. (laughs) And every year. Church makes it easy for us. Um, So I think that we've had a great hour. If you want to find us, I think it's important to know where to find us. So first, locally, you can reach out to sacredheartcolumbus.org. Those are our local missionaries. Send us an email. Let us know what your needs are. And um, welcomehisheart.com is a beautiful website with videos, initiatives, and that's where that enthronement packet we've talked about today will be. um, You can access it there. So both ministries working hand in hand for evangelization. Amen. Cool stuff. Cool stuff. Uh, and if you go to the women's conference, men's conference, and you want to pick up one of those packages to enthrone your home to the Sacred Heart, uh, if you are uh, unable to pay, a, it's a nominal fee for this this package. It's actually probably less than the cost or close to the cost of the package. Uh, please talk to those at the table, and they'll make sure that your scholarship or any scholarship that's available is afforded to you. So don't let uh, anything stop you from bringing the love of Jesus and the Sacred Heart of Jesus into your home. So with that, we'll be wrapping up this amazing Sacred Heart Hour. It's a privilege to be here. I'm Emily Jaminette with Father Wilson and Bill Messerly. So, Father, will you lead us in our closing prayer, please? Absolutely. Let's pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Dear Sacred Heart of Jesus, we renew our pledge of love and loyalty to you. Keep us always close to your loving heart and to the most immaculate heart of your mother. May we love one another more each day, forgiving each other's faults as you forgive us our sins. Teach us to see you and the members of our family and those we meet outside the home, loving them as you love them, especially the poor and oppressed, that we may be instrumental in bringing about justice and peace. Please help us carry our cross daily out of love for you and help us strengthen this love by frequent participation in the celebration of the Eucharist. Thank you, dear Jesus, for all the blessings of this day. Protect us and all families during this night. Help us to live that we may get to heaven. Amen. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit come upon all of you and remain with you forever. Amen. Amen. This is listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, AM 820 on WVSG Columbus and FM 88.3 
WSGR, New Boston, Portsmouth.